Today is Monday, September 27th, 2021, and here are three things you need to know to be smart today. The Arizona 2020 vote audit dropped this weekend, and it was a bombshell. The findings rattled the molars of the political world as they revealed that potentially election-shifting numbers of illegal ballots were counted in a single county in Arizona. Why did they get counted? How did they get counted? And how do we fix our corrupt election systems? We're going to jump into all that on today's program. Our democracy depends on it. And our democracy depends on the energy of our freedom movement. That's why we're going to bring you highlights of Donald Trump's massive rally in the state of Georgia this weekend on Saturday. And a moment that sent chills up the spines of everybody who watched 13 empty chairs in the front row. You don't want to miss this. Something that you might have missed, and certainly the Biden administration hopes that you missed, is that that Haitian migrant crisis? Yeah. What happened was they didn't send them home. They sent them to your neighborhood. 12 thousand Haitians released into the mainland interior of the United States of America. This entire administration is criminal. Truly, we're going to talk about how more could follow. This is probably just the start and what we can do to stop it. And in good news for you today, Hillary Clinton booed and called a murderer and a criminal in Ireland as Beto O'Rourke turns on Joe Biden. My name is Benny Johnson, and this is The Benny Show. My fellow Americans, we live in a dangerous time. We live in a time where people who are evil wish to control you. They want to control the air that you breathe, the water that you drink, the thoughts you can think, and they certainly want to control your truth. How do they control your truth? They control the information, the narratives that you can hear, the facts that you can see. That is why we are creating this show. That is why The Benny Show exists, to bring forth to you the information that you must know to be smart and intelligent and to make good decisions in your life. A free people are only free as long as they can think and act freely, and that is why this show exists. Please help us and support us by downloading this podcast, subscribing, and sharing it with your friends. It is truly the best thing that you can do to combat disinformation, misinformation, authoritarianism, and evil in our time. Evil is certainly what we see in the corruption of our election systems across this Country. The Arizona audit dropped this weekend and many bombshells were revealed, but most importantly, what was revealed is a rotted, weak, insecure system that can be manipulated and that has no security checks or balances. Ladies and gentlemen, I cannot express enough how much our republic hangs by a thread and the Arizona audit proves that once and for all. This audit was a bombshell. I'm going to focus on a very specific data point in this audit. I think that so much of our problem as a movement is that we do not actually focus up and narrow in on what the problem is. This audit is complex. It is very difficult to understand. It is very difficult to know all of the intricacies, and they want it to be difficult. They want it to be mired in confusion. They want you to see and believe fake narratives out there. Like, for instance, that the result wasn't changed at all and we learned nothing from this audit. That is what's being pushed out there by the corrupt, contemptible establishment corporate media. It is utterly false. It is fictitious. It is untrue. On the show, we are going to read to you from two verified sources exactly what we learned in this audit, and we're going to show you exactly why you should be horrified of these results and how indeed fraudulent ballots were counted and that those fraudulent ballots may have had enough of an impact to shift the election for Joe Biden away from Donald Trump. Let's get into the facts and the actual data. All right. Cyber Ninjas is a nonpartisan contractor who was hired to lead the review of the Maricopa County election results. The Arizona 2020 audit 
found potentially election-shifting numbers of illegal ballots were counted. Here are the raw findings from Cyber Ninjas from the official $6 million audit of the Maricopa County election results. You deserve to know the raw data. Mail-in ballots counted from prior addresses, 23,344. More ballots returned by voters than received, 9,041. Voters that potentially voted in multiple counties, 5,295. Official results that do not match who voted, 3,432. More duplicate ballots than original ballots, 2,592. Those are the hard numbers. That is the result. We are going to focus on a specific number in that list. All of those numbers, the thousands and thousands of votes, were irregular. But that doesn't mean they're fraudulent. What we're going to do is narrow in on one of those numbers and talk through it. You need to be smart on this issue. They don't want you to be smart on this issue. They want you to feel as though this audit proved nothing but the opposite is true. Mail-in ballots from a prior address, 23,344. This is a number of ballots that were counted, that were votes from people who no longer live at addresses where they voted. Does that automatically mean fraud? No. We're going to get into exactly how evil and malevolent mail-in voting is here in just a second. But what we are going to state is that Granny Bertha, who lives at 50 Marigold Lane, okay? Let's take 50 Marigold Lane. That's Bertha's address. Bertha gets mailed a ballot. She's never been mailed a ballot. She votes. Bertha then moves to Sedona, Arizona, to a different address. She gets mailed another ballot. She votes. That is fraudulent. Maybe Bertha just doesn't know the new systems. Bertha's never been mailed ballots for her entire life. Bertha would have to go provide an ID, request an absentee ballot, get verified as to who she is. The absentee ballot, a single ballot, would be sent out to Bertha. But of course, now we have a situation where millions and millions and millions of ballots are sent out to every address and every person who lives at that address and who has ever lived at that address And you have no idea who's voting or where. And Bertha's vote may have counted twice. It may have counted three times. It may have not counted at all. And that is your crisis. The audit revealed that 23,000 plus ballots were counted from Bertha. People who no longer live at their addresses. Is it fraud? Who was filling these ballots out? Is Bertha part of a scheme? Or is Bertha just stupid? Does she not understand the rules of mail-in voting because COVID was seen as a pretext to corrupt and make your ballots worthless by shipping millions of them out across this country, hundreds of millions of them out across the nation to make sure that your vote is utterly worthless and it isn't worth the paper that is printed on? We're going to get into that. But let's narrow in on this number. You deserve to know We have done our research. You deserve to know 23,000 votes that were from people in a single county in Arizona, Maricopa County, the most populous county in Arizona. It has Phoenix in it. It has uh, other large population centers in Arizona in it. 23,000 votes from people who do not live at their addresses. Let's jump here to an article from The Federalist published today, published from a incredibly credible source and author, Margot Cleveland. Margot Cleveland is an award-winning lawyer, and she worked on the Federal Circuit Court of Appeals, the Seventh Circuit Court of Appeals. Margot Cleveland writes in The Federalist Today, Arizona 2020 vote audit findings show potential election-shifting numbers of illegal ballots were counted. Now, how does she get to that conclusion? Margot Cleveland narrows in specifically on that number. The 23,000 vote number. How those votes were tabulated and counted. How we can verify that those votes were either happy accidents, that those voters weren't voting at multiple locations, or that those voters themselves were voting in the first place. And that those 
ballots were not filled out fraudulently by other nefarious actors. We don't know. And that is what this article jumps into. This article says that the audit identified numerous questions regarding possible and eligible voters. Statutory provisions and procedures proved significant because the audit revealed 15,000 mail-in votes in Maricopa County were from voters who had moved prior to the registration deadline. Another 6,500 mail-in votes came from voters who had moved out of Arizona. And 1,700 votes came from voters who moved within Arizona but out of Maricopa County prior to the registration deadline. This article also says that you have a system where you do not have any avail- any capacity to verify the signed affidavits that are required by the voters when they move to state that they are voting in this location and this location alone. You have to sign your name to an affidavit. Allegedly, there are 17,000 duplicate images on the return envelopes. So what does that mean? Well, I mean, it means a breakdown in the system. It means fraud. It means you cannot determine whether this is one vote, one man, or one woman. It means you cannot determine where these voters were when they were voting and how many times that they voted. The article goes down into breaking down the three scenarios of these ghost ballots, right? The the ballots where we do not know who the person where the person was and how many times they voted. One of these three scenarios is possible. First, the mail-in ballot was delivered to the old address and provided to the named voter who only temporarily relocated. Such votes would be legal and proper. Second, the mail-in ballot was delivered to the old address and provided to the named voter who had permanently moved but failed to timely update their registration record and signed the affidavit attesting to a false address of residence, meaning that they signed the affidavit, they said that they had moved, and then they voted in both places. Such votes would be illegal. Third, the mail-in ballot was delivered to an old address and someone other than the named voter cast the vote. Such votes would both be illegal and fraudulent, would be penalized uh, by prison sentences. It is illegal to do this, obviously, and to lie on these voting documents and to vote for other people. It's all illegal. Neither Maricopa County, this is how the article concludes, the article here by uh, Margo, uh, by Margo Cleveland, uh, award-winning legal scholar. The article concludes... Neither Maricopa County nor the state of Arizona knows how many of these 23,000-plus votes fall within each of these three scenarios. That is the problem. There is no way to determine. They just lumped all the votes in. Here are votes from people that are being received from residences where they no longer live. So what is it? Were they legally acquired through the affidavit system and true signatures of the voters? Were they fraudulently acquired with voters voting in multiple locations? Or the voters not even aware that they had voted? Someone is going and filling out these ballots and sending them in. And it doesn't matter because they're just going to be counted anyway. That's what we don't know. That is why this is so scary. That is the true bombshell in this report. The true bombshell is this. We have no clue who the hell is voting in this country. We have no idea how many people are voting, where they are. The ballots are worthless. And that is because COVID was used as a pretext to change forever the systems of power that could potentially give Republicans authority over our institutions. That is the goal. Full and complete total institutional control forever for the Democratic Party. And they set about creating that lever of power when they lost in 2016. In 2016, when they lost to Donald Trump, they said something has gone horribly wrong here. 
Something has gone horribly wrong. We lost. The poll said we were going to win. This was a slam dunk. We've been preparing Hillary. This was going to be Obama's third term. We have have everything under control. The media is under control. The narrative is under control. Hillary had her little email problems. We shut that down as fast as possible. FBI reopened it. We shut it down as fast as possible. We've shopped around the dossier. We've shopped around our misinformation. We've shopped around our disinformation. We've hurt Trump as much as we can. Sure, he can draw big crowds. Nobody really likes Hillary, but it doesn't matter. We have done everything and given her every guardrail, every bit of institutional power and pressure that we can put on culture and society, music videos, rappers, celebrities, the press, the pollsters. Everything is in the tank for Hillary. We have full institutional control Now everyone vote, and let's get this thing out of the way. Let's get this landslide over, and you all remember what happened on election night in 2016. Wisconsin, Michigan, Pennsylvania, Arizona, Georgia, Ohio, Iowa, they all went for Trump. They all started to go for Trump, and then they cemented for Trump. And Hillary Clinton wept. You all remember it as clear as day. Donald Trump coming down that staircase, walking into the hall of the downtown Hilton in New York. I remember it very clearly. I was there in person. I was reporting on that event. It was shocking. The event was open and everyone was kind of just chilling and relaxing. And then suddenly states started falling for Trump. The New York Times put it at 50-50. Then the New York Times said the odds are that Trump's going to win and everything changed. The event was locked down. Secret Service started running everywhere. They took down the uh, 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 metal detectors, completely locked and sealed the entire building. Suddenly everyone was in a panic. It was incredible to watch. Even the Secret Service thought that the institutional power of these corrupt elites and these corrupt establishment individuals that control our country, even the Secret Service thought that that was enough and that they wouldn't really need to have a defensive position here, that they wouldn't be protecting the future president of the United States that night with Donald Trump. But indeed, they were wrong. Everyone was wrong. You all remember it as clear as day. What you should also remember from that moment is that that was the moment that the Republic in our country truly came under attack because these people are so addicted to power. They were so humiliated on that evening. All establishments were ruined on that evening. Evening That evening destroyed 1,000 false and corrupt narratives in real time came collapsing down on the heads in the houses of these people where they lived, corrupted forever, destroyed forever. The press humiliated, pollsters humiliated, the mathematicians and the predictors of our uh, democracy, our elections and our national trends humiliated, the Obama administration humiliated. It was a true night of realignment and what was done the next day was to set in motion a plan to ensure that this humiliation never happened again. That the levers of power would be pulled and only have one result. Imagine a slot machine and you walk up to that slot machine in Vegas and you know exactly what it's going to show when you pull the lever. That is what our institutional corrupt authoritarians wish for. When we have elections, they want that lever to be pulled and it doesn't matter how hard or at what velocity You pull that lever, it doesn't matter in what way and at what time you pull the lever, it's going to give you the same results. Cherry, cherry, cherry. It's going to give you the same results. The results are predetermined. A predetermined election is the system that authoritarians live off of around the globe. It is how elections are held inside of Venezuela, inside of Iraq. It is how people like Vladimir Putin get 98% of the vote. The elections get predetermined because the systems are corrupt and those corrupt systems give institutional power more 
power. Our institutions and our establishment in this country were so embarrassed by 2016 that they went and built systems to give them power forever. That is what is happening right now when you see the emergency election protocols mailing out millions of unverified ballots. 23,000 of them counted in a single county alone in Arizona when the total number of the election votes that determined the outcome there was 11,000. You have 23,000 ballots counted. You have no idea if the person actually voted. You have no idea if they voted twice. 23,000. Why? Because universal mail-in voting. Because changes, unconstitutional changes at that in election laws happened in the ninth hour. They happened by executive order and fiat fueled by panic over the COVID virus and the hysteria provided cover for corrupt changes to our election systems to forever mar and muddle our vote. The most sacred thing in our lives, our vote. Indeed, it is sacred because without our vote, we have no power. You see, the American public are the people who are supposed to control the military. They're supposed to be able to control the debt, the currency, the people who are running everything in our government. Our vote is the weapon. Our vote is the gun. Our vote is sacred because of that power. And our vote up until this last election seemingly was protected. But with the advent of universal mail-in voting and the millions and millions and millions of ballots that get printed out and sent out and that have no legal capacity to be verified as to who's voting where or if the person who cast the ballot even voted at all, as we found here in the Arizona audit, now you have a system in place for mass fraud. Now you have a system in place where one vote does not equal one man or one woman. One vote equals whatever the system wants it to equal. If you have the capacity in your system to take those votes and to do with them what you wish, well, then you can determine the outcomes. When an election is decided between 11,000 votes that separate Joe Biden and Donald Trump in Arizona, the election was decided by 11,000, even 23,000, double that number, double that number, votes counted, from addresses, who knows who were voting at these addresses? Well, then you can control the outcome, can't you? They said it, by the way. They stated publicly that they had spent years obsessing. See, you, you take these sad, miserable, godless people, you take something from them, you take power from them, and then they sit in their caves. They go into their caves and they plot. And unlike the rest of us who go and hang out with our families and go to our churches and go to potlucks and hang out with the things that give us joy in life, no. These people are so twisted with the desire to control you in your life. They are so wrapped around an axle of corruption. They must have power. It is the precious. It is the ring. They must have it. It corrupts them. They turn into just these versions of people that just can't live without that institutional power. Hillary Clinton is one of those people. Hillary Clinton went about figuring out how she can influence and push the buttons and the levers of power inside of our federal election systems in order to start to predetermine outcomes for Democrats. It was very clear that she was aware of this. She said so, as she often does. Hillary Clinton, not really that smart of a person, said so publicly in 2018 in comments, talking about how many people she was talk she was speaking with in Silicon Valley, how many people she was conversing with in Silicon Valley as to how would our elections be 
messed with? How would our elections be fortified? How could you get a election systems to give you, through data and through connections to the internet, uh, the results that you want? Listen to this. Some tech experts in Silicon Valley, Valley with whom I have met, who say that you know, maybe what they'll do this next time is to really disrupt the actual election, shut down the servers that you send results to, uh, interfere with the operation of voting machines, because still too many of them are linked to the Internet. So there, we are still very vulnerable. That was Hillary Clinton saying exactly what all of us saw happen a number of years later. So that comment was from 2018. Hillary Clinton talking about the ability to shut down polling locations or to mess with the tabulation of numbers. We saw on election night in 2020, multiple polling locations got shut down. And that when they reopened, miraculously, the numbers had flipped against Donald Trump. They told us that they were going to do this. If you were listening, you could hear Josh Mendelson, the CEO of a data firm called Hawkfish, the data firm that is funded by Michael Bloomberg, Democrat, who ran for president. Michael Bloomberg, who ran for president, the billionaire, who funded a peculiar little Democrat operative data firm that had a uniquely and chillingly accurate prediction of what would happen on election night. You would see Donald Trump win. But of course, Donald Trump didn't win. You must understand, we have fortified our election in order so that he does not win. We have colluded in so many ways with the powers that be to change and manipulate our election systems so that you will never know the true tally of the vote. We will just simply use our institutional power to declare a winner once we have the desired result. They said so. Josh Mendelson on Axios, speaking with Axios News, Josh Mendelson before the 2020 election, the man who ran the data firm, the Democrat-funded data firm that ran the DNC, funded by Mike Bloomberg, Democrat billionaire, telling you exactly, like Nostradamus, exactly what the outcome was going to be. Check it out. Mirage, by definition, is something that appears to be there, but that doesn't really exist. And you have a model scenario called the Red Mirage. What does that mean? The reason we talk about a Red Mirage is, in fact, because we believe that on election night, we are going to see Donald Trump in a stronger position than the reality actually is. We are sounding an alarm and saying that this is a very real possibility, that the data is going to show on election night an incredible victory for Donald Trump. That is likely to be what we see when every legitimate vote is tallied and we get to that final day, which will be someday after election day. It will, in fact, show that what happened on election night was exactly that, a mirage. It's amazing watching these people when they lie. It's amazing watching these people when they know they're in over their heads, then they're doing something corrupt. The body language in that video, just the sheer joy that's being brought out by corrupting our republic, by destroying our system by these people, shows you how evil they really are, shows you how malevolent it all really is. You Did you hear him? Giddily, giddily explaining that they have the systems in place to make sure that Trump who is going to win on election night, that's what he said, Trump's going to win on election night, well, that he didn't actually win. No, no. What you saw is a red mirage, according to Josh Mendelson from Hawkfish. The red mirage. You saw actual legitimate votes being counted, but wait till you see what we do with the mail-in ballots. Wait till you see what we've done. What you see, what we've done to your nation. We have gone through and changed your voting laws forever. We have implemented universal mail-in voting 
so that you will never, ever know how many people were voting and from where and if those votes were legitimate. It's what you found in the Arizona audit. You saw it there, 23,000 votes, twice what you would need in order to flip the state for Trump or to Biden were counted. You had no idea who voted. You have no idea where they voted. You have no idea if they voted twice. Just that number alone would flip the state. This is why they are giddy. They figured it out. They cracked that code. And they had help. I read to you from Time Magazine, the secret history of the shadow campaign that saved the 2020 election. Saved the 2020 election. They're bragging. They're bragging. This article was published earlier in the year, and it should be a masterclass in what guilty consciences these people have. They know that they corrupted the American Republic forever. They know they are evil. And this was the confession note. A second odd thing happened amid Trump's attempts to reverse the result. Corporate America turned on him, I read to you now from Time Magazine. Hundreds of major businesses leaders many of whom backed Trump's candidacy and supported his policies, called on him to concede. To the president, something felt amiss. It was all very, very strange, Trump said on December 2nd. Within days after the election, we witnessed an orchestrated effort to anoint the winner, even while many key states were still being counted. In a way, Trump was right. This article is really, it is like a murderer's confession note. You have to confess. God puts eternity into your heart. And you need to confess when you've done something wrong. It is human nature. You cannot live with that guilt. The people who do become withered, twisted forms of themselves. And here is the confession of the evil people who rigged the 2020 election. There was a conspiracy. I read to you from Time Magazine. There was a conspiracy unfolding behind the scenes. One that both curtailed the protests and coordinated the resistance from CEOs. Both surprises were the result of an informal alliance between left-wing activists and business titans. The pact was formalized in a terse, little-noted joint statement from the U.S. Chambers of Commerce and the AFL-CIO published on Election Day. Both sides would come to see it as a sort of implicit bargain inspired by the summer's massive, sometimes destructive racial justice protests. Oh, well, wouldn't you know? in which the forces of labor came together with the forces of capital to keep the peace and oppose Trump's assault on democracy. Isn't it amazing how they made it about Trump? The BLM and Antifa riots, they make it about Trump. The handshake between business and labor was just one component of a vast cross-partisan campaign to protect the election, an extraordinary shadow effort dedicated not to winning the vote, but to ensuring it would be free and fair, meaning rigged. Credible and uncorrupted, meaning corrupted. For more than a year, a loosely organized coalition of operatives scrambled to shore up America's institutions as they came under simultaneous attack from a remorseless pandemic. There is your key right there. And autocracy-inclined president. Obviously, everything they call you is what they are doing. They are the autocrats. They are the authoritarians. Through much of this activity, though much of this activity took place on the left, it is separate from the Biden campaign and cross ideological lines, with cru- crucial contributions by nonpartisan and conservative actors. The scenario the shadow campaigners were desperate to stop was not a Trump victory. It was an election so calamitous that no result could be discerned at all. A failure of the central act of democracy, self-governance, that has been the hallmark of America since its founding. Their work touched on every aspect of the election. Listen to this, by the way. Listen to this. And remember, when you hear me read these words, this was printed in Time Magazine. This isn't some conspiracy theory screed. This is the confession letter of the murderer. Their work touched on every aspect of the election. They got stages to change... Sorry. They got states to change voting systems and laws and helped secure hundreds of millions in public and private funding. They fended off voter suppression lawsuits, listen to the phrasing there, recruited armies of poll workers and got millions of people to vote by mail for the first time. There it is. There it is. They successfully pressured social media companies to take hard lines against disinformation and used data-driven strategies to fight viral smears. 
They executed national public awareness campaigns that helped Americans understand how the vote count would unfold over the days and weeks, preventing Trump's conspiracy theories and false claims of victory from getting more traction. And after Election Day, they monitored every pressure point to ensure that Trump could not overturn the result. There it is. The untold story of the election is that thousands of people from both parties who who accomplished the triumph of American democracy is at its very foundation. There it is. A predetermined result that could not be overturned. The changing of election laws in states. The forced vote by mail unconstitutional, insecure. We know that voting by mail is the most insecure way to vote. The most unsecure, fraud-filled way to vote. A coalition of establishment scum binding together to protect their institutional power. That is it. When you see the numbers from Arizona, and I know this has been a long segment, but it's important. When you see the numbers from Arizona, when you listen to the confessions of the people who rigged the 2020 election, and by rigging, I mean exactly what I just read to you from Time Magazine. I mean rigging. Using all institutional power for a predetermined outcome and to shut down dissent. That is rigging. Hiding everything from hiding the Hunter Biden laptop bombshell, CIA officers calling it Russian disinformation, to the changing unconstitutionally of election laws, not having votes. Article 2, Section 2 of the Constitution says that the federal government gives to the states the ability for themselves to run elections. And the state governments, the state legislatures, are the ones who change election law. No state legislature changed election law. They didn't vote. They did so via emergency powers, and they did so on the hysteria of COVID and the psychosis that came from COVID. And it still is utilized, COVID, as a cudgel for further authoritarian power. You see what happens in Australia. You're seeing what's happening in this country. It is a pretext to remove from you all of your rights. And the first and foremost of which is your voice. And your voice is only heard through your vote. They don't know where the ballots came from in Maricopa County. They have no clue. 23,000 of them. They have no idea who were who was voting, where they were voting, how were they voting, if they were even the individual that voted themselves or if some other nefarious government actor voted for them. Nobody knows. Nobody knows. And so this is where we find ourselves in. Truly, truly the moment where the American Republic teeters on its razor's edge. A moment when we are not sure if the votes that we are sending in are worth the paper they're printed on. You cannot have a representative republic when people do not trust that their ballots are sacred. It is indeed where all power comes from, in our system, from the people. And if the people do not believe that they are being heard, they do not believe that their ballots are being counted correctly, if your elites and your establishment are bragging to you that they are indeed going to call you a red mirage when your votes were legal, that they have systems in place, that the outcome is going to be opposite, you heard it. Josh Mendelson, you heard it there. That clip should be played day and night by Republicans. Josh Mendelson saying, no, we already know the outcome. It's going to, Trump's going to win. And then we're going to make sure that Biden wins. You're going to see a bunch of stuff on election night that looks like Trump won. Don't worry. We got it fixed. And here in Time Magazine, Time Magazine, the secret history of the shadow campaign that saved the 2020 election, saved the 2020 election. 
saved it. Saved it from who? From you. You are the people. You are the carbon they wish to get rid of. You and your voice. You're the ones who they needed to save this country from. The people. We the people? No longer. Your vote? No longer. They want it to be worthless. They want you to be demoralized. They want you to accept your new tyranny state. Will we accept it? Will America slip quietly into the night? It depends. It depends. It depends on us using the last teeny resources that we have at our disposal as a freedom movement. Us voting in our localized, federalized elections and starting to rebuild this movement from the ground up. There are encouraging signs that show that the grassroots is more rabid and fired up than ever. That the number of precinct captains in our party, the number of people who are going to be watching and monitoring votes, the number of people who are going to be in charge of how counties vote, how states vote, that that is bubbling over. That people are fired up. That those on the freedom movement like us are getting active and are getting involved. And thank God. You can see that on a grassroots level with the passion of people who feel like they have been disenfranchised in this past election. Certainly in Arizona, you should feel disenfranchised when your state cannot tell you who voted and where or how. 23,000 votes, twice the margin of error, twice the margin that it would be needed to flip the state to Donald Trump. They don't know where the votes came from. They don't know if the people voted twice. They don't know if it was even people voting. You have it there directly from the experts. No, people are getting pissed. They're getting pissed and they're getting active. We saw that this weekend in Georgia with Donald Trump addressing tens of thousands of people in a massive field. Donald Trump held a huge rally. There were fireworks. There was excitement. Herschel Walker is running for Senate. I think Herschel Walker, who is a sports superstar from the state of Georgia, I think he will win handily in that state if, if the elections are fair. Donald Trump's rally was in Perry, Georgia. It was on Saturday night. The National Fairgrounds was the location, and Donald Trump sent chills up the spine of every person in the audience when he recognized 13 empty chairs in the front row. The front row of the rally, 13 empty chairs, sat with flags folded and draped over them. A black curtain fell upon the the chairs and red roses or carnations I'm not big on flowers. I don't know what kind of flowers they are. Red flowers were, were, were laid across these chairs. Donald Trump said that these are in order to honor the 13 heroes who lost their lives at Hamid Karzai Airport at Biden's hand and on Biden's command. Here is Donald Trump saying that and listen to the crowd reaction. In Afghanistan, he humiliated our nation with the most appalling display of incompetence by an American president in history. 13 great young warriors were murdered and many injured, and a total of 170 people were killed, with many very, very badly wounded. In their memory tonight, we have 13 empty seats of honor right here in the front row. Our hearts go out to the families of every service member that we have lost, and I've spoken to a lot of them, and these are great, great people. Thank you. Isn't it amazing that you are part of the movement that cheers so loudly and that remembers so firmly these heroes? You are part of a good movement. You, ladies and gentlemen, you are part of the freedom movement in this country, the America First movement in this country. You are the ones who remember the fallen. God bless you for that. You cheered so loudly for them that Donald Trump couldn't even continue his remarks. It was a beautiful, beautiful thing. 
Donald Trump wasn't finished uh, honoring our soldiers at this rally. He brought up Marine Lance Corporal Hunter Clark on stage. Hunter Clark had saved children at the Kabul airport. This Marine, you may remember from a very famous photo, him pulling a small infant child up over the barbed wire. A beautiful clip. Here is what Lance Corporal Hunter Clark had to say. And we're also honored to be joined by one of the Marines who bravely served in Kabul during the withdrawal and helped evacuate children over the airport and over the airport wall. You saw him. He did a great job, Lance Corporal Hunter Ian Clark. Lance Corporal, come up here. Thank you. Do you want to say something? Hey, my name's uh, Lance Corporal Hunter Clark. I'm here from uh, Warner Robins, Georgia. Uh, I am the guy that uh, pulled the baby over the wall, and it's definitely probably one of the greatest things I've ever done in my entire life. Uh, I just want to thank all the support from all y'all. It really means a lot, and uh, I'm glad to be home now today. Thank you. Donald Trump also went in hard on the border crisis. Obviously, one of the largest motivators of Trump's first election was building the wall and stemming illegal migration into America. And now we are seeing truly an invasion. That is what Donald Trump called it. Listen, 11 different cases. Now Joe Biden has thrown the border wide open and our country is being invaded by hundreds of thousands of people every single month, month, every month. We have hundreds of thousands of people coming, and we don't even see the people that are really coming in. And I guarantee you, they're the worst of all. According to one report, over 220 miles of the area near Del Rio is now completely and completely, totally just absorbed by people, but totally un un patrolled. The police are saying, you know, what do we do? They have, be, this is an invasion. Of course, it is an invasion. We've been covering this regularly on our show. Donald Trump took this opportunity to also hammer the Biden administration for promoting the fake news racial hoax that the Border Patrol agents on horseback were using whips against the Haitian migrants. That's obviously garbage. It's untrue. It's debunked entirely. The riders don't even carry whips. Trump said they're going after the riders on the horses and not the people who came here illegally. That's right. The people by crossing into our country uh, have broken federal law. They are felons by the rule of law and by the word of law in our immigration acts, multiple immigration acts passed by Democrat Congresses, by the way. These people are felons, but it is the rioters, the police, the people who are protecting our law and order in this country who get it the worst. It's the way it always works with Democrats. Listen to this. Tens of thousands of illegal immigrants have overrun our borders in recent days while laughing in the faces of our Border Patrol agents. And they're going after the riders of the horses, not the people that came in illegally. Isn't that incredible? And they've just put them under watch. They're in big trouble, the riders of those horses. Most people would say they were doing one hell of a job, right? Don't you think? They're in trouble. Can you believe it? One thing is certain, this would never, ever be happening if I were your president, and we should have been your president. Donald Trump, of course, was completely correct in his assessment there. He was right in calling it an invasion, and now we know definitively that it was an invasion. Department of Homeland Security Secretary Mayorkas admitted that 12,000 or more Haitians were released into the United States and more could follow. That's right. Just shocking stuff here. Secretary Mayorkas, truly the hatchet man of this administration. I mean, this guy, you don't want to be there at the pearly gates when he gets up there. You hope that you don't uh, pass the same time that he does because it's going to be a uh, 
that's going to be a a, 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 a brouhaha at the pearly gates. A ring of fire, so to speak, when Mayorkas gets up there. This guy lies so much. This guy is such a sniveling little weasel. I mean, truly, and he looks the part, right? He really does look like Gollum. He really does look like a true weasel. This man is such a liar. He is such a tool of the Biden administration. He said that they were sending Haitians back and that everyone was getting deported and the border was closed? Nope. Nope. The only place they were sending Haitians who came to America and illegally crossed our borders and did so criminally... Obviously, you are a criminal when you do this by the letter of the law in America. No, no. He didn't send them back to Haiti, where they belong. He sent them to your neighborhoods. That's right. More and more and more incentivization of third world migrants criminally breaking our laws and getting rewarded for it. Biden administration, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris both ran on rewarding illegal migrants to this country with goodies, benefits, citizenship. It's all that they want to do. It truly is the motivator for this invasion and an invasion it is. Here's Secretary Mayorkas telling Fox News this Sunday that 12,000 Haitians have been released into the United States, maybe even more. But to answer my question directly, of the 17,400 that weren't deported back or didn't return on their own to Mexico, how many of them either, ha well, first, how many have been released into the U.S.? Uh, they're released on conditions, yes. and, and uh, approximately, I think it's about 10,000 or so, 12,000. Have been released? Yes. And of the 5,000 that are still in process? We will uh, make determinations whether they will be uh, returned uh, to uh, Haiti uh, based on our public health and public interest uh, authorities. So are we talking about a total of 12,000 or could it be even higher? It could uh, it could be even higher. The what a weasel that guy. I mean, just truly what a weasel that guy is. It gets worse. The Justice Department estimates that 44% of those released will miss their immigration court appearances. Mayorkas downplayed the crisis, claimed that it wouldn't call for a surge at the border, but it is. In fact, Joe Biden called for a surge at the border when he was running for president. Why is this all happening? It's all happening because Joe Biden and Kamala Harris actually asked for this. They said they would give free health care to illegal immigrants, and Joe Biden called for an actual surge at the border. We cannot play this clip enough. Listen to Joe Biden while running for president, calling for all illegal migrants, criminal migrants, to surge our border. Here we go. In the words of Joe Biden, listen to this. What I would do as president is several more things because things have changed. I would, in fact, make sure that there is, we immediately surge to the border. All those people are seeking asylum. They deserve to be heard. That's who we are. We're a nation that says if you want to flee and you're fleeing oppression, you should come. I would change the order that the president just changed saying. Yeah, so what kind of a surge are we looking at? There were 30,000 criminal illegal migrants that gathered under the bridge in Del Rio that's the total number 30,000 unbelievable it's bigger than, it's it's like 16 times bigger than my hometown in Iowa the US deported about 2,000 just a teeny fraction in flights to Haiti by the way those flights were just con air i mean truly like those the the it was con air don't be surprised when criminals act criminally those flights were awful Border agents and protective services getting bitten. They were getting uh, the trucks and the buses that were carrying the migrants to the airport were getting overrun. Revolts from the Haitian migrants were taking over the buses. It's awful. Well, Chris Wallace asked, why didn't you build a wall to stop them? And Secretary Mayorkas said, this is the policy of the Biden administration. We don't agree with building the wall. Incredible. Just against, by the way, against his, against all of his agents. All the Border Patrol agents do when you're down at the wall, which I was two weeks ago, is beg for more wall. That's all they do. They walk up and they beg for more wall. Please, can you get more wall, says the men in green. The Border Patrol is called the men in green. They have green outfits, customs and Border Patrol agents. Well, here's Mayorkas saying, uh, the thing you're asking for, we promise we will never do for you. Why and didn't you stop them from coming into the country? We, um, we did. We encountered them. 
they gathered, they assembled uh, in that one location in Del Rio, Texas, and we applied the laws. My, we applied the public health law under the CDC's authority, and we applied immigration law. My question law. is, why did you allow them in the country in the first place? Why didn't you build, forgive me, a wall? or a fence to stop them from walking in this flood of people coming across the dam. It looks like a highway that allows them to cross the Rio Grande. It is this pol the policy of this administration. Uh, we do not agree with the building of the wall. Yeah, just, I mean, a reminder when you listen to that, that these are the same people that are continuing the COVID panic porn. They continue that because they want universal mail-in voting. We've established for the first 30 minutes of this show exactly why they want universal mail-in voting. They want that in order to push for insecure, unsecure, unauditable election results with votes coming from everywhere because your ballot is meaningless. It's what they want, a predetermined election result forever, and they can always get that with universal mail-in voting. These people are pushing the COVID panic porn in order to get their institutions of power secure forever. They want the voting machine. They want the slot machine that where you pull the lever, you know exactly what it's going to say on every single poll. That's what they want. A rigged machine. How do they get it? Universal mail-in voting. What is the number one? What is the first thing passed out of the Democratic controlled house? Universal mail-in voting. The John Lewis Voter Rights Act, meaning the Permanent Control for Democrats Act. The first thing that they pass. COVID was never about your health. It was never about public health. It was only about institutional control. And now these same people are releasing tens of thousands of unvaccinated, untested migrants into your communities who could be the vectors for mass outbreaks. Remember, they do not care about you. They do not care about anything but power. It is the master-surf relationship, the master-slave relationship. They are the masters, and we just have to do what we're told. We just have to accept their decisions. Well, hopefully not. Hopefully this will boomerang on them. Republicans are looking really good heading into the midterms. We'll see what happens in the next year. We are about a year away from the midterms, the end of September right now. This time next year, it'll be really hot for the uh, midterm elections, the House, and a third of the Senate. And we will see exactly which direction our country wishes to go. But let's just say that for the global elite and the corrupt it is not a great day. People are becoming awake, and we pray and hope that we vote and vote on a localized level and we change our laws. The only way to fix this is to pass voter integrity laws, anti-fraud laws, like they have in Florida, like they have in Georgia, and like they have in Texas, and to make it harder, nary, impossible to cheat. That is how we fix it. You heard earlier in the program Hillary Clinton bragging about how she had conferred with election uh, officials in Silicon Valley, with Silicon Valley, you know, data geniuses to try and figure out how elections can be rigged. That same Hillary Clinton got a chancellorship at the uh, Queen's University in Ireland this weekend. Uh, she wasn't greeted that great, however, when she was wandering the streets to the university hall to get her chancellorship uh, at Belfast, Queen's University in Belfast, Hillary Clinton was called a criminal, and she was booed, and she was told to go F herself uh, as she was walking in the streets, and she scurried away, scurried away like the absolute scum that she is. Listen to this. I mean, we, we often on this program, we often on The Betting Show talk about how these people have no self-awareness and how they believe in the master-slave relationship. They believe that their role is the master and your role is the slave. It's amazing in this moment Hillary Clinton tweeted out, she thought this was a good look for her. She is like 
walking into this Queen's University dripping in the trappings of the university decadence, right? She has like a robe on and it has all these, you know, these beautiful, intricate sewn, you know, look, looks like gems and gold and it's just dripping in authoritarian grandeur. And there's like a small child who's carrying, like the small servant child is carrying her robes as she walks down the street. I mean, it really is amazing. You, I mean, you, you got to see these photos if you haven't seen them. We posted them up on our Instagram. Uh, Hillary Clinton was mocked for those images of her dressing in robes as a child, follows behind her, carrying her garments. Yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Queen Hillary. Chancellor Hillary. This is how these people see themselves. I mean, it's really is how these people see themselves. It is so truly the struggle of our times. It is the struggle of any time in human history. The authoritarians wishing to rule over you. The masters wishing to have slaves. When will the slaves stand up to the masters? That is the question. Well, Beto O'Rourke is standing up to uh, his master right now. Beto O'Rourke wants to run for the governor of Texas. And in good news, he is causing civil war inside the Democratic Party. And we just love it. We just love furry Beto. Beto O'Rourke, the furry, the man who dresses as a sheep and then plays hideous uh, concerts uh, uh, that are like music that is that like makes your ears bleed. Beto O'Rourke, the known furry, uh, slammed Joe Biden over the Haitian crisis at the border in Texas. Obviously, Beto O'Rourke is a failed uh, Texas candidate for multiple offices, uh, president and then Senate. And now he's going to try and fail, uh, to run for governor. But Beto says, and I read to you from the daily mail, Beto O'Rourke blasted Biden in an op-ed published Friday saying that the mass deportation of Haitians was antithetical to our values of common humanity. O'Rourke also criticized Biden for failing to adequately anticipate and prepare for the influx of migrants at the border. He also directly blamed President Biden for unforgivable images showing Border Patrol agents whipping Haitian migrants. That's in quotes because that isn't what happened. That's a lie. That is, in fact, a hoax. Beto's quote, We need to hold accountable those who will treat immigrants as less to be human, whether they were separated from their families or placed in cages under Trump or corralled like cattle as they brought food for their families under Biden. Okay, bro? Yeah, that's Beto O'Rourke. Beto O'Rourke, such a coward, such a loser, and indeed a person who wishes for open borders and open chaos in Texas. Remember that, Texas? Remember, he wants to take your AR-15s, he wants open borders, he does not want the wall, and he is perfectly happy with people kneeling for the national anthem. He said all of those things, and he said them on camera. Remember that when you're potentially voting in the voting booth next year. And thank God Texas has passed voter integrity and anti-fraud laws. Praise the Lord. Then hopefully uh, these audits inside of a multiple Texas counties, uh, they are going to go forward, and we'll see. Uh, but the thing that the cockroaches hate the most is the lights being turned on the thing that the uh the 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 greatest disinfectant is sunlight as they say and so i am all for audits i am all for people looking into these elections i am all for being able to bring forth these problems onto the national stage and to talk about the things you're not supposed to talk about the entire corrupt establishment media will tell you that the arizona audit found nothing we have just done an entire show showing we are now an hour in showing how this Arizona audit exposed exactly what they were trying to do and how dangerous it is showing exactly how our election systems have no accountability, no security, and how universal mail-in voting can be used to muddy results so much so that a corrupt group of a cabal, essentially, of elites can fortify your election, as Time Magazine says. The secret history of the shadow campaign that saved the 2020 election. Oh yeah? Who did it save it from? It saved it from you. Let's not let this happen again. The Chamber of Commerce and the AFL-CIO, such corrupt hacks. These people, this whole, this article just makes my blood boil. Anyway, they bragged about it, but pride comes before destruction. 
And that's what we are trying to bring on this show, destruction of our corrupt institutions, destruction of our corrupt elites, and destruction, indeed, of the things that are trying to steal away your republic. They are stealing it away faster than we can even try to protect it. And that is why we must continue the fight. Thank you so much for listening to The Benny Show. Thank you so much for listening to this program. We are so honored to have you as our listeners. We are so honored to have just a growing and excited base of support. It was stunning, really, to to debut in the top 10, the top 5, the top 3. This podcast just kept going up, 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 up. And we are going to bring you every single day the real news, three things you got to know to be smart. Thank you so much for listening. My name is Benny Johnson, and this is The Benny Show.